Good morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start off this morning with a song uh, that I've got Brother Micah. He's going to play up, and it's got the words, uh, lyrics written uh, as it goes through the song. So uh, let's go ahead and start with that, Micah. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. I've stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now. Just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be.
beautiful song uh, sung by Mercy Me and um, <clears throat> beautiful lyrics and, and I think a, a good preface for uh, my message today and is that is don't let your circumstances dictate your worship. Don't let your circumstances dictate your worship. And um, <clears throat> for my scripture today, I'm going to be uh, in the book of Daniel and uh, going to spend a little bit of time talking about Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay? And for, for those that are probably more familiar with the names that they were given, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, but this was their uh, heritage and their name, and I think important to understand the meaning of their name. So Hananiah means God is gracious. Mishael is God is without equal, and Azariah is the Lord is my helper. And when you think about their lives and, and kind of what we'll go through today and um, very appropriately named and yet hopefully um, through, uh, through looking at this message and trying to understand that our circumstances are always changing, are they not? Our, our, our life changes, jobs change, um, our kids get older, they have minds of their own and they uh, decide to leave and they get married and they move out and they do all these things. So change is just a part of our life and it's constant. And I would say our circumstances change almost on a daily basis. And so um, if we allow that to affect our worship to the Lord, it will greatly hinder our worship to the Lord. And I think uh, their example found in, uh, will be in the third chapter of Daniel, is very important for us to remember. And we think about this song, um, you know, he's, he, the, the verse says, it's, it's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down, but what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? And I know a lot of you are going through trials and struggles right now. Um, we had some prayer requests this morning of that exact nature that, um, you know, whether it's financial, whether it's affliction, whatever it is, there's trials that are going on in our life and are affecting us. And what I want to encourage us today is that it will not affect our worship to the Lord. Yeah, the circumstances are going to come and they're going to change. And what you're dealing with today is going to be different than what you're dealing with now, um, but our praise and worship to the Lord should never change. Um, in the first verse, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar the king of this third chapter of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of the Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes and governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. 
than the princes and the governors and the captains, the judges, and all that group of people. We're not going to read that again. Um, gathered unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbutt, psaltery, I'm not sure what that is, but a dulcimer and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of those instruments, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the coronet uh, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and wor worshipeth, that he should be cast in the midst of the fiery furnace, burning fiery furnace. And there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. <clears throat> okay, so um, for those that are familiar with this story, uh, important just to kind of rehearse it a, a little bit and remember kind of the backstory of this. Um, Babylon takes over uh, in, uh, what was the king's name? Uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judea, Judah, uh, and Nebuchadnezzar takes over and, it, and becomes the king. And they come and they take most of the able-bodied, stronger young men and basically set them up in school. Yeah. Schooling, um, one might say, kind of trying to brainwash them or whatever um, into this way of thinking. And so these three men, along with Daniel, who uh, is kind of reciting this, or at least the book is named after, reciting this for us, um, this story. And they had experience. And they had faith in the Lord. And so when this decree comes out and this golden image is set up, they knew that this wasn't right. Just as when they were taken into captivity, they did not want to eat the food that was provided to them and ultimately ate pulse, which sounds repulsive. Um, and they ate basically no meat and things like that that were given to all these other men. And so they had tested and tried and had faith in God, and God had delivered them. That was a trial back then when they had to go through it. Um, Daniel, I, I would say, kind of led this charge, and these three were gaining experience under Daniel's kind of leadership of this. And so they knew what their God could do, and what they were being asked to do was contrary to what they knew was serving God. And so therefore, we should not be surprised that they were not kneeling down when the coronet and whatever all those other instruments were, flute, 
for that one. Um, when those played, they were not going to bow down. And I want to encourage us today that there's a lot of messages, there's a lot of things coming at us on a daily basis in our lives. We talked a little bit about it in Sunday school, um, how Satan is going to try and use everything he can to distract us, deter us, and cause separation between one and us and one another and between us and God. And that's, his, that's like his job. That's his role. That's all he cares about is our misery and trying to steal us away. And in this situation, no different. That what they're being asked to do was contrary to what God had set up. And so in today's world, I want us to be cognizant of all these messages that are coming our way. All these things that, ah, oh, is it really that bad? Is it, you know, these things that come at us, they're real. I, I, I'm not trying to make light of them today. They're, they're real. Some are, some are more dangerous than others. Some of them are very subtle. Some of them, uh, the messages that come through, are, hit us like right in the face. And we, we have to make a decision like these three men did. Like, okay, well, am I going to bow down? The music's playing. I, what am I supposed to do? Everybody else is doing it. That's why I went through that list. All those people were deceived and doing what King Nebuchadnezzar had set up for fear of the king. Because immediately when somebody was standing up and not bowing down, they go to the king and they're like, hey, these guys are disrespecting you. They're basically saying you don't have power. They're not serving your gods. They're not, they don't, they don't. And so they kind of stir up Nebuchadnezzar's anger here, which is kind of ironic because Nebuchadnezzar saw the outcome of the pulse situation. And he set them over these provinces. And that's what the motivation for these folks was. Well, you kind of set these guys up as leaders and they're not following. And I don't know if that was driven by, you know, jealousy. doesn't really matter. That was their motivation. And so they stir King Nebuchadnezzar up in this rage, as it's described, and fury. Um, and so, obviously, Nebuchadnezzar tells them to come forward. And that's where we pick up the story in the 14th verse. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, dulcimer, so on and so forth, uh, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast that same hour into the midst of the fiery, burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Well, how many of us sometimes feel like the situations that we're facing, whether it's something at work or whether it's, um, comes at us just like Nebuchadnezzar is coming at Well, who's this God that's going to deliver you? Those circumstances, you know, maybe it's not put as plainly to that to us, but isn't that what society is trying to get us to, to conform to? Well, God... Isn't really care about you. 
Who's going to deliver you? And again, I, I would encourage us to, to me, these scriptures are, are so vital for our life to learn, to help us to understand, and to be encouraged by other successes. Don't allow your circumstances to dictate your worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We're not worried about what we're going to say here. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hands, O king. But even if, as that song said, if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should be heat the furnace uh, one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. So he's upset, and he wants the furnace to exemplify his rage and to um, you know, be stoked up and to devour these folks because he's upset and yet there again I want to not focus so much on Nebuchadnezzar in this situation because to me that's life and that's struggle and that's trial and that's Satan coming at us and, and trying to get us to change and to not uh, worship the Lord, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just almost kind of put that behind them. They're, they're not worried about that. You know, as they hear this, I, I kind of thought, what, what, through, what went through their mind? We heard their answer to him directly. They didn't sound too worried. We're not careful in how we answer you in this matter. We're confident in the God that we serve. Um, and yet, they did throw out there, whether he delivers us or whether he doesn't, it didn't matter. It wasn't changing their, work, their worship. Their circumstance was not going to change what they had convicted themselves within their own heart to love and to serve God, first and foremost, no matter what the situation would come. Then they were bound their coats, hazens, hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the first furnace was exceeding hot, and the flame of the fire slew the men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So even the very men that are taking them to the furnace die because it's so hot. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth 
is like the Son of God. <clears throat> then Nebuchadnezzar came to the mouth, uh, near the mouth of the fiery, burning, uh, fiery furnace, and spake, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the princes and governors and captors, you know, they, they saw what had happened. And it even says that they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. There, there wasn't even a smell of the fire upon them. I don't know about you. This story is incredible to me. It's, it's almost unbelievable, is it not? I mean, the human mind, this is an unbelievable story. This can't happen. It doesn't work this way. It's not the way it's going to happen. The, the guys who are carrying them to the furnace die because it's so hot as they get close to it. And again, I want to encourage us today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that they were looking to for deliverance of this situation is the same God that cares about your work situation or your health situation, or your family situation, whatever you're going through, the struggles and the trials that, that are facing us and bombarding us, and the fiery darts, as the Apostle Paul says, that come at us daily of sin and temptation, and to try and destroy us and take away our worship of this amazing God that we just read about through his deliverance of these three men, through the fourth man that was seen, even by Nebuchadnezzar, some thousands of years before Christ comes. I, what a proclamation that it was like the Son of God. It wasn't like the Son of God. It was the Son of God that was delivering these three men. Just the same Son of God that was nailed upon the cross of Calvary to deliver all of us who sit here today and receive the redemption and the mercy and the grace of Christ so that we don't have those scars against us anymore. We don't have the smoke and the fire and the flames attacking us or penetrating us and even staying and sticking to us if we maintain our worship of this amazing God that we serve. It's easy to get distracted. I'm the first to raise my hand. Sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in our circumstance. We think, the last thing I need to do is spend some time praising the Lord. I, I got all this stuff I got to pray about. I got all this stuff I got to do. When that should be the thing we're doing first is praising the Lord for his deliverance of our life. Through Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. And... Not that those things are not important to pray about, because they are. The Lord tells us he, Jesus sits at his right hand, and he's our advocate. He's who we need to pray through to the Father that we might receive deliverance of the circumstances of our life. That we would be delivered and come out victorious, just like these three in this amazing story. And then when we come out on the other side, how sweet is our praise at that point? And sometimes 
the del deliverance of the circumstance doesn't end up the way we would hope, let's face it, sometimes it takes us down a path that we weren't looking for. But is it not deliverance anyway? I think about um, when we pray for people that are struggling with affliction. I'm not going to use any personal. But when we pray for somebody with a particular situation, and maybe we're breaking our hearts before the Lord, and we've done this as, even as a congregation where there's a great need, and we break our hearts before the Lord, and that person dies. That's hard. Sometimes it's like, what? What are we doing? But I'm here today to tell you that the Lord did answer our prayer. I think about my Uncle Sam when we were praying for him and we had such a desire that God would deliver him. And when that prayer wasn't answered the way that we thought it should be answered, the Lord just said to me, I did heal him, and I delivered him into the portals of heaven as a saint of the Most High God. That is what this life is about, that we would be delivered and enter into the rest of our loving Savior. Yeah, it's hard. It's still hard when I think about it. Because we miss that earthly presence, we missed that, that deliverance. But it gave me such a perspective that God, God sees so much more than we see. He sees past the fiery furnace. He sees past the, the cords that they wrap them up with that, you know, maybe in their minds, and I don't think they were this way, but, you know, maybe as they got bound and, you know, they got thrown in there, maybe just there was a slight moment where they thought, this is it. This is it. And yet, Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he sees them walking around unbound. Our lives have been delivered. Sorry. Our lives have been delivered. We're no longer bound by the shackles and the chains of sin. We have the mercy seat of which we run to. And I would encourage us to run to it speedily that we might receive from the Lord. But at the end of the day, even if, let, don't let your circumstances dictate your worship to an amazing God that we love and serve. May God bless you today is my prayer. May you always have that song upon your lips that you can sing of God's praises. Yes, it's hard, and there will be times. Sometimes it's the most you can do just to walk through those doors and plop down in a pew. I get it. I've been there. But do it. If that's the only step you can take, you know what? You're not letting your circumstance dictate your worship. You're finding your way here that you might receive from the Lord deliverance and that you might honor him with your worship. May God bless you is my prayer.